0: Welcome to Performance Anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark, and I will freely admit that I am not an authority on Electronica. So I was a little nervous about having Rona Rougehart from Sign on the podcast. But she was very patient with me and walked me through how she got into music, who made the biggest impact on her, and some of the wildest things she's experienced, like the time Peter Murphy missed a makeup gig in Orlando and she and some band members had to perform an impromptu Bauhaus jam for the audience. She also discusses her relationship with Kurt Mackey and the effect that he's had on her music, how she came up with the band name Sign and the new music she's working on. We also talk about her COVID musical coincidences, my son's hair, and our mutual love of boxers. So check out her social media at Rona Rougeheart and at Sign band Official. Pick up her album on Emergency Hearts and follow us at performance anx on social media please rate and review the podcast and you can also help keep it going through ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety or performanceanx.threadless.com. so let's dive right into things with rona Hart of sine that's s-i-n-e all caps on performance anxiety part of the pantheon podcast network
2: i don't know
1: it's a lot of words i'm <laughs> just kidding okay let's let's go okay ready one two hi this is rona Hart from sign and you're listening to performance anxiety podcast check us out at sign.band and get our new release desire denial and paramania out now is that okay okay well, yeah but you know i'm overall doing okay so that's why i'm like let's just hop on and yeah chat.
0: that's awesome yeah, well thank you for having me oh my pleasure thank you for hopping on and uh you are a drummer professionally, yes. but I want to find out a little bit more about how you got into music before we get into new releases and, and new projects and things. So I did a little research, found out that you were a military brat and right. your dad was a musician. So yes. was, was he, which one of your parents was military?
1: Uh, oh, My father. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So my father was in the Air Force.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome.
1: And he... uh, My mom's from Taiwan, and he met her while on duty, so...
0: Oh, nice. Yes. And he was also a musician. Was that part of his military duty, or was that just something he did on the side, or...
1: It, it was a hobby, it okay. was something that he did on the side. You know, he was a music lover, and I think that's kind of why I am the way I am. I think just passed on to me the love of music and yeah. you know, really, that's where it all stems from
0: what did he play?
1: He's a guitar player. Uh, oh, well, you know, he actually started as a guitar player and then he started to get more interested in keys. and he would play on um, play songs on. like organs and keyboards and stuff. He was really into that. Um, but he was just as good of a guitar player as he was a keyboard player.
0: So, Oh, wow. Did you start off as a drummer? Did you start off playing guitar following his footsteps?
2: Well, I
1: I did not start as a drummer because, you know, at the time when I was, you know, when you're a child, You don't, you know, I, I don't know. You just don't know what you, you like yet, you know, (laughs) so you're still looking and exploring. And, um, so he taught me and my sisters how to play on the keyboard and play songs like Beatles songs and other random tunes that he would find that be easy for us. And, um, my sisters, they were like, eh, they liked it. Okay, but not too much, but I really liked it and he could tell. So that's kind of where it stemmed from. You know him teaching me keyboards and then i asked him to teach me some guitar because i was just naturally interested in everything that made music you know okay so you know i did try to play guitar I, I can play guitar i know how to but it's just not it's not natural to me you know okay i think i gravitated more towards the drums because I like dancing and movement and I like beats.
0: Ah, okay.
1: So kind of was like a natural thing for me to go there, okay. you know, but I also really love electronics too, and I still play synths and stuff. So,
0: what really got you into music and got you playing music in front of people? was there like a two
1: words? Okay. Depeche mode.
0: Oh, there you go. (laughs) Wow.
1: Depeche mode. And I, I am not the only musician to say this, but they're highly influential. And, um, I know there are several artists that I've heard interviews like Chino Moreno from Deftones. He went to Depeche mode concert and had that like, wow, I want to do this. And then even Trent Rosner says when he went and saw a uh, black celebration tour, I believe, and, and I'm not, I'm not quoting on all this, but I believe that's what he said, but, right. um, it just amazes me. And, and, and they've, I'm like one of their musical children too.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so it was my love for Depeche mode that brought me here.
0: Were you drumming at that time? Was that, was it the, uh... no, no. Okay. I
1: was not. So I was primarily just playing keyboards. Oh God. Because that's what they were doing. So I was like, ah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and you know, it, again, it was just kind of a natural thing. You know, I, I really gravitated towards their music and I loved it. And had to go back and, like, get everything of theirs and listen to everything. I mean, there were times where I listened to nothing but Depeche Mode.
0: I, I am not dissimilar. Yes. I, I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: You just totally go for it and you're just like uh I can't get enough of- oh my gosh I did not I didn't say that on purpose just can't get enough of them <laughs> See? I guess Vince Clark knew something all from the beginning See, they, anyway
0: they just they just seeped into your everyday vernacular
1: <laughs> they have they have <laughs> I mean like literally I'm sitting right here and next to me I've got an Anton Corbin book which I love. I'll show you I don't yeah, know yeah. this is probably all audio, audio but Ugh. I love this book.
2: Oh, wow.
1: Track book. So I was, I'm kind of going off track. I hope you don't mind. Not at all. But I also want to show you another thing here. Yes. Yes. This, this huge book. Hold on. I yes. have to find my ear. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm very enthusiastic when it comes to Depeche Mode. That's yes. Great. Wow. Have you
0: seen this book? No. Oh my God. Oh, my
1: gosh. So it's all of Anton Corbin's, like, photos that he did for Depeche Mode and of Depeche Mode.
0: Wow. Good God. It's thick.
1: It's huge. I can't even hold it up to the camera properly because it's just really heavy. (laughs) But, um, yeah, that's how into Depeche Mode I am.
0: That's uh, amazing.
1: Yeah. They're, like, they're the dream band, the dream career
0: (laughs) <laughs> dream
1: record labels you name it okay
0: <laughs> yeah, I absolutely understand what you're saying I've, I know I've got bands like that and then a lot of people have had on the podcast have bands like that and then it's uh I, I just love seeing people so enthusiastic about a certain band it's this is the band that yeah. got me into it it's it's that's I love that
1: oh yeah and uh even to this day I mean, they're they're always my number one fade. I'm a lifer. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a lifer of the black swarm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So how soon after that show did you start playing in bands and and playing out in public?
1: Well, you know, um, I didn't start playing out in public until, I don't know, like 2012 or something like that. It was like after I moved to Austin. Um, Because like, you know, I would... I don't know. I, when I started to do music, I really didn't think like, Oh, how am I going to form a band? I really didn't even think about that. It didn't occur to me (laughs) until later. Yeah. Because you're just kind of like, Oh, I'd love to do that. But you don't really lay the, I mean, I didn't really lay the path. You know what I mean? It just like everything kind of came together. So it wasn't until I moved to Austin, Texas, that I started to find bandmates And by this time I was fully a drummer. So I was, Oh, and I was really into the Foo fighters. (laughs) Wow. I, I still, I know I, I'm very diverse in like my influences, but for a while there, I just really loved the Foo fighters and they, I had that same effect where I like had to go listen to all their stuff. And I was like, wow, I love like Dave Rose drumming. And, you know, so I kind of went on a a, a kick, you know, like a Foo fighters kick, you know, and, uh, got into some bands and played in Austin but um you know ultimately i think who who i am on the inside the electronic musician and the lover of that kind of um type of music just shows through you know it's like yeah. something i can't ignore so, while I still love bashing away the drums, which I really, really do,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I really, really do, um, I still like the sexiness of electronics and things like that. So, not that okay. drums can't be sexy, but you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I get it's it. different vibes. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So, how did the professional side of this thing come about? How, is, now, is sign your first actual professional band or were there others before this?
1: There were there were others before this. This is my own my mine. I I mean, I've been in other bands that were run by other people, but mm. I was in a band in Austin, Texas called Dead Love Club. Oh. And I was their drummer for a few years and it was really fun. Let's kick it up.
2: we going tonight. my
3: my shoes. and uh,
1: when we first started playing together. I was new to Austin and I went to the Austin, um, music foundation, which they, you know, they talk to people who are new and kind of give you some connections. Oh, cool! And I met with the director there. His name was Alex Vallejo. And he's pr- pretty heavy into the music biz here in Austin, Texas. And his family is very well known and respected. So he took all my information and just kind of found out what, you know, what are you looking for? And so, gave him all my information and said bye. And then he (laughs) called me about five minutes later and he's like, Hey, do you want to join my band?
2: (laughs) Oh wow. I'm like,
1: "What? (laughs) Oh, what band is it? He's like, Oh, it's called dead love club. He's like, I'll send you a video link or something, a song. And so he sent me that. And as soon as I saw it, my first thoughts were my life with the thrill kill cult.
2: Oh, wow! that
1: was the vibe that I got off of this. And I was like, Yes, I want to be in this band. So when, when I was in Dead Love Club, we actually opened for Thrill Kill Cult uh, twice. Oh, we opened wow. for them in San Antonio and then like twice in Austin. So it was a regional thing. But um, I felt like we were kind of like the T.K.K. babies. You know, we were almost like a little bit campy and sexy and bondagey and all this other stuff. You know, it was <laughs> right. fun. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, the reason why that I parted ways with them was because, uh, they decided to take the band in another direction and do more of like eighties cover kind of like new wavy stuff.
2: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. Cause I don't know. It just seemed like it was right for them. And for me, I, I just didn't know how to really drive in that sector. So yeah. And and plus I also wanted to make my own kind of music and I wanted to take my own opportunities. So, um, so we just parted ways, you know, mutually and they're still out there. They're kicking ass. I mean, they're doing so awesome. Yeah. And it's all good, you know, and, uh, that's good to hear. Yeah. So that, I would say that was my first professional experience was with dead love club
2: for sure.
0: And how did you come up with, the idea for sign how first of all is there is there anything behind the name and the all caps
1: well when i was putting music together i didn't have a a name and i really just wanted something like garbage you know like Mm -hmm. curve you know it was like one word kind of thing and curve and garbage both are big influences on signs music so I was kind of going along with that. And plus, I didn't want to be like Rona Rouge heart solo. You know, I want to be a band. I want to have the name of a band. And so I've just been racking my brain and didn't really have any uh, alternates or any, it's very strange, but I just wanted this word. And one day I just woke up and I actually saw it, you know, how you like blink and you see like images, So I just saw the word sign in all caps Wow. and happened to like the way it looked. And I was like, Oh, okay, well then that's it. You know, I guess it kind of chose me. And I, Absolutely. when I went and looked it up, I, you know, I wanted to see if there were other bands using it. And, uh, there, there are some, I think there was a band in Germany that was using the, the name sign but they, they were not very active at the time and they didn't, it was a different type of vibe and music, Okay. you know, so I felt like, well, you know, I'm not trying to steal anyone's name, but no one in the U S has the name sign.
0: <laughs> hey, yeah. there you go.
1: I don't know. That might be kind of weird to talk about, but you know, <laughs> people are always like, you stole my band name. And I'm like, I don't want, I don't want to steal anyone's band name. So I had to try and make my own.
0: <laughs> no, I, one of the constants on this is, is how hard it is to find a band name at this point.
1: Yeah. yeah i mean you might as well get really ridiculous like speaking of you know spoke about dave being a dave roll fan yeah. um i was a really big fan of his project that he did with uh josh homie and um uh john paul oh jones yes them, john paul jones them
0: crooked vultures
1: Yes, and he said, and I think Josh Homme was the one that said, you know, we just came up with something ridiculous, like them crooked vultures. You know, who's really going to have that? Yeah. You know, so and they had. That's how they got their band name. And yeah. I'm like, of course, you know, if you want to try some absurd wordlings, I think you could probably come up with something.
0: Oh yes, yeah. so three <laughs> th- nonsense words that don't go together. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my buddy yeah. was actually in the live version of that band. So, oh really? Alan Johannes. Oh, really? Really?
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. How cool. So, I love him. Oh, yeah. I, he's
0: one of the early guests on the podcast.
1: Yes. Okay. So I had just moved to Austin when they played ACL, them Crooked Vulture Slate, and I was so upset that I didn't get to go. Oh, yeah. And it actually rained. I, I mean, that, that year... I think it was the year that it rained during ACL and everyone got so muddy and nasty. And then people had like rashes all over their legs from the the grass uh, (laughs) treatment or whatever the heck.
0: Maybe it was all that cedar.
1: Yeah, (laughs) probably all that too. (laughs) But yeah, I do remember them coming to town and me not getting to see them. And I was so very, very sad.
0: Yeah. I never got the chance to see them either. In fact, I've never seen Alan play live.
1: I have not either.
0: Unfortunately.
1: Um, Yeah. But, uh, but Queens of the Stone Age, I've seen several times and they're one of my faves too.
0: Oh man. Yeah.
1: I love Queens of the Stone Age. I I do have some influences from them in my songs as well. You know?
0: Yeah. You sound like you're, you got a a huge variety of sounds in your music.
1: Yeah. I, for me, it, I think I stay in a certain area of of genre, you know, like to be in the darker electronic dance, Mm -hmm. industrial stuff. But, um, as far as what I'm a fan of, I love all kinds of music. I mean, it doesn't matter what genre it is like you get you give me a good song and I like it, yeah, you know like well, and uh but certain bands just hit me harder than others, you know, and then they become more influential. But I have thrown in um bits of influences from songs that I've just
2: liked, oh, cool, you know okay. that I...
1: so yeah, i mean i I like to kind of gather my brain circuitry from everywhere <laughs>
0: that that makes the most interesting music
1: yeah yeah and you know sometimes i do actually feel like hmm, you know, is my music like kind of weird or maybe <laughs> is it not exactly what people are looking for? You know, I, yeah. I certainly have those thoughts as probably most musicians do. But in the end, it's all—it's kind of like, well, you know, this is kind of what comes out of my brain. So I guess I just have to roll with it and see how it
2: goes.
0: If you're forcing music or trying to make your music sound like somebody else or not true to what you want to do, it, it, it's always yeah. evident. It always sounds like... It's being forced. Yeah, that's, your music does not sound forced at all.
1: Oh, thanks! So. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that.
0: I want to. Fu- I got several more questions to ask you about. Oh, well, yeah. everything really. But I-, I wanted to tell you how much I really, I-, I loved communion, temptation, fate, and superstition. Get in, get off. Oh. Those songs. Yay. That's that's the uh, the sound. Of the the electronica I I don't want to say genre, but that that's the sound that I the sounds that I like in electronica is 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 exactly what you've come up with in those specifically those four off the first
2: album.
1: that uh i i haven't had anyone say that they really like gravitated towards fate and superstition i used to do it live i haven't done it live or and getting it off i used to do it live too and i don't anymore
0: oh man so
1: uh interesting that you say that so
0: those are yeah those are my i like the dark i I don't
1: i don't really dance
0: yeah and i don't dance i'm like a you know, mid forties, white yeah. dude. It's just, so, <laughs> you know, I, I, I like the darker stuff, the darker, slower stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And see, that's kind of where I'm at sometimes, like even with the song temptation, you know, it's like, I want, I, a lot of the music that I, and actually in communion, I like to have like a deep brooding kind of like thing over you, you know, yeah. it's, it's meant to be like a little aggressive and, you know, kind of, uh, how how should I put this? It's like a commanding type of feel, you know,
0: a little bit of dominating.
1: Yes. But it's also in a, in a way of like, you know, I think my, a lot of my lyrics are kind of like eye openers, you know, like look what's happening around you or, you know, are you really going to stand for this particular type of treatment?
2: Oh yeah. Another
1: person. And, um, so, and, and like with, with, temptation that song I wrote because I just saw how tempting things bring people, they bring people's lives down. <sighs> temptation I'll follow you around and, and weigh you down my name's temptation
2: oh whether yeah. it be
1: drugs gambling sex whatever it is that tempts you will ruin your life you know it's a song about that and it's embodying the thing like hi my name's temptation like Oh, I'll do whatever you want. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That me. And that, you know what I mean? It's enticing. Yes. So I really like that twist. You know, I, I try to put a little bit of sarcasm and humor into my lyrics.
0: So who is in the band at this point? Is it just you doing everything?
1: Yeah, just me. Currently it is just me and it's not because I don't want bandmates, but, um, you know, COVID happens, pandemic happens and everyone gets separated and we all have to figure out new ways to be musicians. And a lot of us have to be that alone, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the, the genre that you specialize in kind of lends itself to that.
1: Yes. Fortunately. And And I, Yes, I agree. And uh, that was one thing about Sign that I wanted to make sure of when I created the, the band was that I wanted to be kind of, I use the word modular a lot because if I wanted to have a guitar player or I want, like, I've been doing shows in 2019 with a drummer. So it was like me and my drummer, it was just the two of us, we basically two drummers on stage. Oh, cool. And it, yeah, it worked out great. Um, but I haven't been able to play any shows with him lately because we've been separated for a year and almost two years, you know, lots of things change and I've had to kind of morph into what I am now. So eventually I'm open to that, but right now I am uh, basically creating all the music on my own and, um, starting to collaborate with other people. Okay. And, um, I just signed with a label called emergency hearts. Yes. Yes. And they're super great. And uh, Scott Crows, the owner, uh, founder of the label, and he has been a tremendous help in connecting me with lots of people. And one specifically, um, Mark Pistol, who is known for Consolidated, uh, he and I have been doing some music together. So oh, nice. um, yeah, there's some collabs going on and, and, uh, and future collaborations, so that's always nice.
0: I've seen that you've done a lot with Curse Mackey yes how did that relationship get started
1: well we met each other in 2014 maybe okay something we didn't actually like so we started i know i'm kind of like going way back now so no that's what i love this is what i love 14 but I, but it, we i think we just like met briefly you know at, at elysium or something and became okay. facebook friends or whatever and there was nothing you know it was he was just another person in, in, in the world, you know, but it wasn't until later on around, uh, 2000, I don't know, 15, 16 or so that we reunited and kind of saw each other again and, um, had, uh, began a relationship. So, um, okay. that's kind of how it all happened. It was very organic and real. And because we both are, musicians and we both love music and we love creating. It was just kind of natural to work together. And I also like to get his expertise and his experience on some things, you know, I'd play him some music and sometimes he would say, Oh, I want to add some percussion or something to your music. And so that's kind of how it went. And then, uh, with the song drugs in particular he actually sings on the song drugs. studio. I, I, I wrote that song kind of half, half. I wrote it in studio and away, but with the chorus part, I just really wanted to beef it up, you know? So I needed to have a good male voice presence and and I love Curse's voice. And so he was a, he was the right choice and you know, so, but yeah, everything's really great. I'm happy to have him in my life and in my world because we collaborate and we. We make good stuff happen.
0: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. You guys, like you said, made some great music. And I heard, or yeah, I, I guess I want to say heard. I guess that's the best way to say it. A, a story of how well you guys can collaborate off the cuff when Peter Murphy didn't show up for a gig. <laughs> yes. How, what happened yes. there?
1: Well, what happened there was I sign had been asked to be the opener for Peter. That's and this awesome. was like, yeah, I was, I was very, very excited about that. I mean, that was like the biggest show I've ever played yeah. as fine, <laughs> you know, amazing. And so yeah. I, I was, uh, I was really ready for, it. I was like, Oh yeah, this is great. So, um, Basically, I guess everyone kind of knows the story, you know, I mean, Peter just wasn't feeling well and decided not to show and David J, <laughs> yeah,
2: decided not,
1: de- ah! decided not call to him show. Sick. Yeah. Well, you know, he's Peter. He yeah. can do that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> So,
1: um, so yeah, we, we kind of had to, uh, gather ourselves quickly and, uh, David just didn't want to leave you know, the people hanging again because it was a second it was a makeup date. Actually it was a second makeup date. Sorry.
2: Oh my God.
1: Yeah. So the the crowd was already kind of prickly, you know? Yeah. So that was the reason why David J just said, all right, well let's you, Rona and Curse, let's go do this kind of little impromptu Bauhaus and dub experience for the people who stayed. God. And that's how it happened. And I, I, I mean, we had literally twenty minutes from the time I left the stage to the time we were back on stage. It was twenty minutes to figure out what we were going to do. Whoa! And uh, yeah, and I, I mean, it's one of those things where when someone tells you something, and it's so shocking that your brain just completely empties out, <laughs> and you're like, "What's happening?" Yeah. Because when <laughs> Curse was the one that broke the news to me, he says. Oh, you know, don't break down your gear because we're, you know, we're going to play again with David. We're going to play Bauhaus tunes with David. And then all of a sudden my brain goes, Do I know any Bauhaus tunes? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: Yes. <laughs> it uh... was
1: one of those moments where I was like, are, are You know, yeah. like, okay. And you know, we know these songs. But in that very moment, my brain went, I don't know anything. I, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so we both had our little, you know, oh shit moments or whatever, but it, it turned out great. And David was a hero for it. And, you know, it, it's quite the story in our little songbook, you know, <laughs> it
0: really is. That's one of the wildest stories I've heard. It's just coming up with an impromptu set, 20 minutes playing songs that you're not prepared to play.
1: Yeah. And oh, for me, it was extra awkward because my rig was front and center oh. from my opening slot. And I, I asked David Jay, I said, Hey, do you, do you want me to move my rig over to the side? And he goes,
2: no.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, no. You sure. Okay. And so oh. I'm like, great. I am front and center for oh. this whole thing. So it was a little a little nerve-wracking at first, but I was like, Don't look him in the eyes.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Man, front and center for a potentially unruly crowd. Oh. Uh,
1: yeah, it was it was interesting. But I think after we kind of settled in, we were like, all right, everyone's enjoying this and it's actually a lot of fun. And you know, the band started to uh come alive so
0: that that's is great that's a credit to you guys as musicians because that's yeah. i haven't heard anything like that and it's just oh,
1: yeah god you can't you can't crumble
0: no you know? <laughs> yeah <God laughs> I mean, bless it
1: when when you're a musician on stage the show must go on you know
0: so had the first album come out at that point uh insomnia yeah. okay yes what about the ep
1: insomnia uh, uh, injected. So, uh, that one came out in November. So that was after the show. Okay. So the show happened in April, 2019 and then injected came out in November of 2019.
0: Okay. And you didn't have so any forewarning of Corona for that. No, one. <laughs>
1: that was not, that was not COVID related. I know. Pretty funny, I mean, huh? And you know, what's weird about it is when I created that artwork, I liked the syringes and this kind of formation of like the three crosses mm-hmm. in a way you know? Yeah. And when I created the wording for injected, if you look at it, the J has a line in it to look like infected.
0: I'm looking at it right now. Oh my gosh. Yes.
1: So it's like injected infected, you know? That's, and
0: wow. That is, that's, that's pre
1: COVID everyone. I did not <laughs> do that on purpose.
0: <laughs> Once again, you're front and center on this. Don't blame Rona for this. And it's, you know, Corona, (laughs) Rona, infected. wow. See,
1: isn't that odd? I think it's strange. And then I, and then my partner's name is curse, you know?
0: That's (laughs) wow. I didn't even think of that. (laughs) I'm
1: just kidding.
0: Wow. But
1: but, you know, it's (laughs) a, and, and the other thing that's even funnier, I guess, is the song that I did with Chris Connelly called desolate district. Yes. That happened pre COVID too. Oh my God. <laughs> we did not write desolate district for oh. covid
2: it's in the
1: exist in our world, basically what I did was I handed him the music that Chris and I did. And I said, I'm just going to give it to Chris and let him do whatever he wants with it. And when he returned it to me, those were his lyrics.
0: Wow. So I think
1: that's freaky too.
0: That (laughs) is holy crow. (laughs)
1: yeah so i don't know maybe i need to look at my new eps and stuff and go what's in here that i probably don't want to predict
0: yeah we well, run your <laughs> lyrics run your lyrics past the cdc <laughs> right exactly oh no so I, I, again i was listening to the ep and i love the uh there goes my son and I, I, hey son
1: <laughs> son you I, got badass hair
0: that's your dad no, gave you says, some
1: nice curly hair Thank you. Yeah, people pay a lot of money for that
0: kind of hair. <laughs> <laughs> ah, he made his day. <laughs> All oh. right, now get out of here. <laughs> I got stuff to do.
2: <laughs>
0: hey, he's a good kid. Funny. So, he's, uh, he's picking up the bass right now. He plays uh, oh, yeah. tuba and sousaphone in the school band. He's a senior this year. And they have, sure. a, uh, yeah, they have this uh, percussion ensemble that they're doing. And he wanted to be part of that, but it's it's mostly percussion he doesn't he doesn't play percussion for per, per se but uh they said oh we'll, we'll pick up a they, they asked him you know if he knew any guitar anything, and he had taken guitar lessons when he was a, a little younger he's like i'm gonna play guitars well here here's a bass here now go learn this so he's he's got a bass cool. and he's learning some bass
2: that's
1: Awesome. I, yeah. I love bass. I wanted to play bass too. After, after I saw Simon Gallup from the cure playing, I was like, I need a bass now dad. <laughs> and he's like, no,
2: <laughs> I'm kidding. He,
1: he was like, okay, show me, you can compl- show me you are able to practice and play some bass notes for me. And then I'll get that bass for you oh. it was a thunder P bass, because that's what Simon was playing. And I wanted it. I soon realized that I'm not a bass player.
0: Oh no. No. Oh.
1: Key bass yes. I like bass drum, yes.
0: <laughs> I like the bass a lot. I've, I do too. I've tried to teach myself guitar. I've and I j- basically right now I just like banging around on it and making noise. But I, I really enjoy playing the bass. But I, I love like slinky bass. You mentioned the cue, you know you do like cockatoos. <laughs> is so good. That's really, that's a really <laughs> cool version. I like that a lot.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I was very inspired by that song. I just, I mean, it's one of my faves by the cure. The cure is like my number two band that they're just like, I love them as much as I do Depeche Mode. But, um, not that I want to put anyone in rankings, Right. But you know, what I mean? <laughs>
0: that'll you know, be the next show.
1: They, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I really love that song and I didn't want to do it exactly like theirs, but I just, I just felt, Oh, it'd be kind of cool to do kind of a quiet version and then like blast them out with this like rock ending, you know? Yeah. And it, and it works really well in a live environment if I have a band. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Cause then there's live like guitars and drums and that's how I prefer to perform that, that version.
0: I think it kind of needs it. There's certain yeah. songs that just, that just, that's what it needs.
1: Yes. And I completely agree.
0: So with Corona, how often are you getting a chance to play out nowadays? Is, is things opening up out in the, in, in the Austin area at all, or. Eh,
1: you know, I mean, yeah. it's kind of shaky, just like anywhere else, you know, I mean, we, yeah. we did have shows for a event called free week in Austin, which it's basically they uh the red river cultural district puts on this uh yearly event and they have locals play and it, all the shows are free so everyone can just like roam and check out a bunch of cool bands so it's oh, really that's fun awesome. yeah so we just recently did that curse and i both did and you know i mean now i think we're starting to kind of see some stuff get canceled and pushed back and you know i yeah. think we're, you know, we're reaching this hump again that we need to get over. Yeah. I, suppose. I think that it's so hard to say now, you know, with so many things coming up, but Yeah. you know, I think it's, it's time for us to kind of figure out some new ways. You know, if we can't yeah. get out there alive, we've got to figure out how to do something. You yeah, know?
0: exactly. Oh, my dog so, decided to join us too here.
1: Oh, He's... what kind of a dog?
0: Oh yeah, I'll show you. He's a uh, mix. He's, half australian shepherd half boxer let's see if i can
1: oh we have a boxer oh my gosh hey (laughs) oh we have a boxer
0: oh man i love boxers
1: we love them they're awesome they're one of my favorite dogs ever
0: Damn, before my dog distracted me, let me see where I, where was I? Uh, so you've got, we were talking about you playing live. Do you get a chance to tour outside of Austin uh, a lot or do you try to do mainly stay local?
1: You know, um, I haven't done too, too many, uh, out of state shows, but, uh, I have or out of city rather, uh, Yes, I've, I have played Houston, San Antonio. I just played Dallas uh, on December second with Netzareb. so oh, that was really awesome. Nice, yeah, I got to open for them, wow. and that was killer at Trees. Yeah, and uh, what's awesome is that uh, Carson and I became friends with Bon Harris, who's you know one of the the co-founders of yeah. the band. So it was really awesome opening up for them, being. People I was influenced by musically, because like, is... when I was listening to Depeche Mode, I also listened to Netzarab too, you know, and then also being friends with them, it just was, was really special and awesome. And uh, it was like the second show I played in Dallas as sign, so it was, it was great.
0: Oh, that is awesome. That's I love hearing yeah. stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and other than that, um, you know, I played Tampa uh, Absolution Fest in Tampa also played, well, obviously Orlando, Orlando. Orlando. Um, yeah, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to expand and get out to Chicago. I'd love to get a show in LA, New York, you know, um, but we'll see how it goes for this coming year, but it's always a goal to try and play other cities. And, expand your
0: audience oh i'd love to have you come out to dc area because that's that's oh, I'm yeah close to dc so oh cool yeah i'd love to so you have a, a new album out on the emergency hearts which we kind of alluded to a little bit earlier yes would i be wrong in saying it's kind of a compilation of the full length and the ep with some remixes and stuff in it that's correct okay
1: And it's, I like to refer to it as like my catching up with Depeche Mode. Ah. It's like my catching up with sign, I guess, you know? Yeah. I like (laughs) that. Yeah. I only did that because I feel like I'm still relatively new to people. So it was kind of a way to, I guess, reintroduce myself to, uh, to my audience and new audience, you know, and kind of give a bit of a direction like this is kind of where science headed
0: well i like the idea because being on a, on a, on a little the first two were independent releases if right Correct. okay so yeah so doing this i think is a fantastic idea great way to get people who because i know a lot of people who follow labels you know and yeah. i think it's a great way to get them accustomed to your music and introduce yourself to a, a wide audience
1: Yeah. And, uh, I, that was the main goal for that. And I just figured, you know, wherever someone picks up sign, that'll be a nice comprehensive look, you know?
0: I think i remember hearing you say that you were working on some new music i believe it's a an ep trilogy that's right mantis yeah. is that they get the name that's right right oh cool. yeah. okay
1: yeah yeah originally it was going to be just a full-length album but um scott from emergency hearts suggested i break it up and um you know, expand the, the life of the music in a way. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's kind of funny really when you're making music and then releasing it, because a lot of the times when we release music, sometimes it's a few months to sometimes almost a year old to us. Right. So it's kind of like we've spent all that time working on it, you know? So it's kind of like when you, once you put everything out, then that's it. Yeah. (laughs) So this is a good way to kind of pace yourself and also gives me an opportunity to work a bit with Mark pistol because I'm always coming up with ideas and sometimes I'll I'll come up with multiple ideas and sometimes songs will just write themselves.
2: Hmm,
1: And yeah. And so I sent him a couple of demos and he's worked on a few things, but you know, it's a thing where I might just tell him, Hey, wait, you know, stop working on that one thing because I have this thing that just came up and it is like almost a song. Oh, you know what I mean? So that's kind of how I've been working lately is just kind of seeing where my inspiration falls and then go from there. Um, but Mark's awesome to
0: work with. Now is all the music written already and you're just going to release it as three separate EPs or are you just kind of working on it and then releasing it as it goes?
1: I am, uh, there are completed songs okay. that are, are ready for release. And there are also a few in the works that if they become complete, we'll throw, we'll put them on there. But if not, then they might have to go on the next one, you know? So we just okay. have to see how, how things blow, but I like to keep it open ended because, you know, now, now is kind of a time for change and a time for things happening spontaneously. You know, so that's what I'll be looking for—is whatever grabs me.
0: Well, one of the things that I noticed that grabbed you was this TV series that you worked on, "Villains Wear Black" yeah. presents. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? What, what is that about?
1: Well, that only happens because of the pandemic, really. You know, all the tours got canceled in yeah. a curse had probably almost, I don't know, like 60 to hundred dates get canceled Oof. in 2020. Yeah, it was a pretty big deal. Wow. You know, and a lot of people had that, you know, they had their entire tours canceled. So it was depressing. And I think the only way that I was able to cope with that was just go, well, somebody's put an obstacle in my way and how do I get around it?
2: Nice. And so
1: I go, well, I'll be a TV producer. (laughs) Everyone's watching TV now. (laughs) Why not? So, why not? Hmm. But the beauty of it all was that the show was mine. Curse was my co host and also helped curate guests and videos and things on the show. Excellent. And what I really wanted to do is I wanted to give myself, him, and our friends, all of our musician friends, and Bands that we were fans of, a place to get their music out, get their new videos out, be seen on real television. Yeah, you know, and broadcast online worldwide. You know, um, and replays. You know, even though I, I did two seasons worth, but even though I'm, I paused for a bit, they still replay the episodes. So I like that. I like that people are getting. That constant exposure. So really, that's why I did it was because we couldn't play live, and I saw a lot of my friends and people I care about suffering through it. You know, because they couldn't play music anymore. And and if you tell an artist that they can't do their art, I mean, that's
2: oh, it's, it's devastating.
1: Like, I mean, it's like death. Yeah. You know, I and mean, we hate to be so dramatic, but really, you know, it's like that's who we are. You know, and so. I I loved doing it. The only part I didn't really enjoy was the constant video editing, but, (laughs) (laughs) you know, when you're the producer, the editor and everything else, you know, it's like the work, it's pretty heavy load to do an hour show every week, you know? So,
0: yeah, I know. um, (laughs) I mean, adding video to this would be just, I I don't know if I could do it.
1: Oh yes. And see, that was the thing is we would have interviews and then I would spend time because You know, I only had an hour slot on the television, but I'd talk to someone for like three hours. Yeah. You know, so it'd be like, okay, how do I cut this down to 30 minutes or so? You know, (laughs) but I I had all my newbie producer, you know, inefficiencies, but, um, I enjoyed it. I love it. And I will, I would do it again if I have the time. Awesome resources. I would, I would do another season. I would do several, but originally villains were black was supposed to be a live events. So oh, okay. that's another reason why I morphed it because I was able to do one villains were black present show in Austin in February of 2020. Ooh, and wow. then, you know, right. And then March, you know, that's when yeah everything went to hell. So it was kind of like my continuation of that idea, but just put in a different format because we couldn't do live events. That, so that was the next natural thing.
0: That's some resiliency right there. I like that a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's like, I'm either resilient or just really torturous of myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Well, I really have enjoyed that the uh desire denial and paramania album that's paramania yeah how did you come up did you look it up yes i did (laughs) how how did you come up with that i love it i think it's hilarious so the definition is someone who has an ab it's an abnormal pleasure in complaints
1: yeah sounds familiar (laughs) Everyone. Yeah. (laughs) You know? I love it. Um so the reason why I chose that title was for a lot of different reasons, but I was really liking, you know, Of course I love New Order and Power Corruption Lies, you know. So Uh, I was like, oh, do-do-do-do. You know, that kind of sound. Felt good to me. I thought, okay, desire, denial. You know, it's like these are human conditions that everyone has: a desire to do something to something, denial, not me. No, nope,
2: <laughs>
1: paramania is oh my elbow. I can't this. I don't know how to that. Blah blah blah. <laughs> the people who don't want to change their lives. You know, so really, it's kind of my humorous way of going. These are three words that describe probably everyone in some way or another, you know,
2: That's awesome. but,
1: uh, but I'll be, but I'll, uh, I'll give you the, the inside on the word paramania where I got it from. Okay. I got it from the Foo Fighters. This oh. <laughs> is funny. And now we all come back. It's Everything a, comes back to Dave Grohl. It's you all
0: circular. Mean? It's all <laughs> circular and it it, at Dave Grohl. The two O's in Foo.
1: Yeah, but it, uh, there's a song called "Wind Up," which I love, and he says, "Farewell, my sweet paramania. and I always thought that was a great line. That so it just kind of like stuck with me. So when I <laughs> came up with this title, I was it just got pulled from the back of my Foo Fighters little file cabinet, and <laughs> here we are.
0: That is awesome. Well, I love the rhythmic connection. To, uh, to New Order and uh, I'm not Electronica is not my wheelhouse but I love hearing new music. I, I, I love learning new people and uh, going back I remember when I was in college you know bands like Meat Beat Manifesto and Pig Face were huge yeah. with my friends who were really big into industrial cop shoot cop and, and I never got into it until having some guests on who were really into it, like Joe Cardamone. He was, he loved his, if you haven't heard his latest album, his Holy war album and the stuff he's doing with Mark Lanigan, it's incredible. Yeah. So killer, but I'll uh, check it
1: out. Yeah. yeah you, well, you got, you got to talk to curse sometime. Cause oh. you know, he sings for pig face.
0: Yeah. I would and, uh, love to have curse on.
1: And maybe, maybe you could coerce host Martin Atkins on here too.
0: That would, I'll take, I'll take whoever you can help me with. So, yeah, what, what happens is I end up doing a deep dive as, as deep as I can go in, into people listening to the albums, finding old interviews, and listening to old podcasts and, and whatever interviews they've done in the past, and just trying to pull out nuggets and, and make things to find interesting things to talk about. Listening to some of your music and, and the remixes, like the Meat Beat Manifesto dub oh, remix. Yeah, so of- good. I'm hearing sounds I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds like something I heard back in 92 when I was in college, you know, and, like, this. <laughs> and the Deathmark remix of need to bleed. I think I like that even better than the original version. Oh, really? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I love that. And the last <laughs> one is awesome. the desolate district night remix that yeah. I've I really loved the remix. I've, I starting to understand a little bit more about why people like remixes.
1: Yeah, I, I like it because it shows the creativity of the person doing the remix, you know, and yeah. the reimagining of your own song. It's really it's really cool. I like it. Yeah. And and I don't give people direction. I just say, do whatever you want. That's awesome. You know, and uh, each remix kind of has its own little unique touch to it. And I, I like that diversity, you know. So yeah.
0: And like I said, it, it's kind of. Yeah, it's, it's kind of opened my eyes to why people like certain why people like doing remixes hearing remixes and uh more open my ears a little bit more to industrial and electronica so thank you for that oh yeah
1: yeah it's a lot of fun over here come on over we're not all vampires no.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> most well, of us are but not all
0: not all all right that's cool i have to let my wife know
1: Ooh. it's safe yes no one will bite you promise
0: <laughs> well where can people pick up the i don't even want to i don't really want to say compilation the, the the introduction of desire denial and paramania where can people find it and how can they follow you on social media
1: so i um my website is sign.band and i'm currently redoing it so it's not much but a landing page but um they can also buy my music at sign uh, signofficial.bandcamp.com or you can just go to emergencyhearts.com and my catalog is there as well awesome and um I think that's those are pretty good places to start. And okay. then I'm sure you could find me through social media on any of those.
0: channels. Yeah. What are the uh, so what are the, what are the, like the uh, Instagram accounts? Are you on Twitter?
1: Is, uh, I think it's sign band official.
0: Okay. This has been a blast. I really thank you for for coming on and joining me yeah. and, and and. Thanks, listen.
1: and I'm sorry that I was late. I just I totally like medicine head the whole thing. I was like. <laughs> i understand just lost it lost in
0: space not a problem i understand it when you're not feeling well time just kind of goes in, yeah. on its own you it's just,
1: bizarre I you lose like track I of it up.
0: yeah, yeah <laughs> I, believe me i've been doing that for a, a week and a half at the well, no, it's 28th <laughs> before before yeah. new year's so jeez. it's yeah you just lose all track of time it's just it's crazy
1: yeah well i'm glad we got to chat and i'll certainly look out for this whenever it's out let me know and i'll certainly send you podcasts and all that stuff complain a broken mind a film to play in the spire i can see your smile with sharpened teeth and chainsaw around
3: it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football